What's going on, party people? This is Edgar Otraves, and welcome to another episode of the Floral Podcast. And this episode is a shorty. Now, uh, what a shorty is, is basically an outtake of other episodes, and it's entertaining content, but not necessarily content that belongs in the particular subject that we were in. So I took it out and stuck it in what we call a shorty. Generally, I try to keep them about 20, 30 minutes just to make them entertaining, but long enough to listen. But, uh, you know, I hope you dig it. It's just me, not my cousin Dan, riffing, talking about nonsense. So if you're new to the show and you want more stuff like this, make sure you check us out at our website, theflowrollpodcast.com. There you'll find a complete catalog of all our episodes and a store where you can purchase some merchandise and rep the podcast. And don't forget to like, subscribe, comment, and share wherever you get your podcasts at. Because whatever you do for us will help us grow and we'd greatly appreciate it. Now, without further ado, here's the show. Well, this reminds me, and you know, I might be getting a little bit too personal here, right? But I'm going to tell a story. This reminds me of something that my grandmother did. This was, you know, years ago before she passed away. But she was, she was already, you know, she was in her 90s. And she started to get macular degeneration in her eye. Hmm, you know, what's that exactly? Macular degeneration, it's uh, degeneration where like retinal detachment and, and like oh, your... Okay. Your your basically your your eye is degenerating, you know, and um, there's really not a cure for it per se, but they can slow it down or stop it, you know. And so and, and so again, like at the time, my grandmother was in the 90s. She was born in the very early 20th century, you know, 1900, the early 1900s at a time when people had big families because people died young you know uh you know my, my grandmother i think was one of six kids i think five or six kids and and it, it, it again you know she she grew up in an era where people would die of random diseases or regularly get mauled by factory equipment or something like it was it was far more common for that kind of thing to happen and so people had big families you know anyway so she's in her 90s she's got the macular degeneration going on she goes to the ophthalmologist and the ophthalmologist tells her okay there's this treatment that we can do where it, it's basically like a laser surgery and and what we what we do is we have to inject you with like a dye in your blood and the dye lets the surgeon see where the vasculature in your eye is so they can really quickly and easily fix it Easy. it's like non-invasive it's like it's really quick painless no recovery time and then he had to tell her but there is you know i have to tell you this as a medical as a healthcare professional because of the dye that we have to inject in you, there is like less than a one-tenth of one percent chance that you could have an adverse reaction to that. And my grandmother was like, so what, well, what would that mean? Like if I had an adverse reaction, what would it be? Well, you know, it could be an allergic reaction, but, you know, it, it has happened. Again, one-tenth of one percent of the time it has happened where somebody has such a severe reaction that they die. Like they go into cardiac arrest. And my mom, my grandmother was like, I don't like the sound of that. What's, what's the other option? 
And the eye doctor like explained the other option in such dire terms as like the only way you would describe it this way is to convince the person to not even consider it. (laughs) The the other option is, well, uh, you can come in once a month for the rest of your life and I will by hand administer six injections directly into your eyeball. And there's like a 60% chance that it'll work. <laughs> and there's also like a 40% chance that it could blind you. Oh. But what are the chances that I could die? Well, none. There's there's no chance of death from this procedure. And my grandmother chose that. <laughs> And the reason I'm telling this story is because only a person who grew up and came of age in an era where people regularly got mauled by factory equipment or died of diphtheria would come to the conclusion, well, I'll take the monthly series of injections directly into my eyeball, as opposed to the thing that has a one-tenth of one percent chance of being uh, deadly, you know? One tenth of one percent yeah. chance. This is almost nothing. Yeah, right. But she chose the but other. But she, thing. but she heard that, and she couldn't think of anything else. Ah, oh, somebody should have broke out a, like a like a chart or something. I don't. It wouldn't have helped. It's, like, it, 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 it's very it unlikely. It, no, type. It, it it wouldn't have helped. It wouldn't have helped. <laughs> but like you know, the thought like only somebody. Yeah, like like the the only way that you could come to the conclusion of having the horrible ineffective procedure on a monthly basis for the rest of your life as opposed to this thing that you know, you might have an allergic reaction to the dye. Like I it's just a matter of you you had the the only thing that makes sense to me when I think about it is <laughs> You've 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 seen a lot of shit, haven't you? you yeah. Know? This is like no way. I'm not taking death. I'm not even yeah. I'm not even I'm not fucking taking, with death. Not, yeah. not not even a little bit. Right. I'm not, not daring death. How old was she when she was when that was gonna happen? The, she was in her nineties. Yeah, I'd be like, no, fuck no. I'm ninety. I'm fuck ninety. That. I can take needles in the eye. I'll take needles in the eye for for the rest of my life. How much how much more time I got? I just fucking yeah. Just set them up. <laughs> You get on the regular every Monday. I'll I'll see you every on the first Monday of every month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't blame her. If she, you see, the other thing is she's ninety. She's ninety, well, and that's the other thing. You know what? You live to ninety. You get to make whatever fucking decision you want. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Also, like ninety is so fragile. That one tenth of one percent chance. I think that that's that doesn't that's not really real a real number for her. Yeah. That that's gotta be the chances are probably greater for I think she made the right call. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that doctor. What does he know? <laughs> well, come on, seriously. Like how much how much wisdom and knowledge and, and years and experience does that woman have at 90? Right. That, yeah. That doctor had, right? Uh, I'm sorry, but I I think I sided with your grandma on that one. I think she made the right call. <laughs> I, you know, I'm not disputing the call. I'm just saying, like, I'm bringing it up just from so many of these superstitions. They come from a place of of uh, 
the context of the world that these people lived in, it was just such a harder existence. And so the consequences were harsh. Yeah. And so like when I when I hear these these things like, oh, there's a howl on my house, somebody's gonna fucking die. That seems outlandish. Yeah. I don't that, that that just but no, it's because people died a lot easier, yeah. you know? And they're just looking for something to associate it with to like right. make, make something to explain it, something to make sense of it, something to grasp, you know, yeah, something to give them a little power over what's what's happening. So, yeah, okay, well, yeah. I see now. I can get the owl off my house. No one will yeah. die. Yeah, right. You know? Exert a little bit of control over your existence. Yeah, and and that when you don't have science, right? You don't have yeah. all the tools that science gives us, especially yeah. in, and and you know, you don't have knowledge. You don't have answers. You don't have access to any of it. You got to make up your own. Yeah. Right. right? <laughs> Yeah, by the way. <laughs> hey, it's medieval times is fun. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is fun. As I thought, it, I always thought it was cheesy, but damn, it's good to eat there. You know what's funny? So I wanted to go to medieval times so badly when I was a kid. I kept wanting to go uh, like when I was like 10, 11, 12 years old. Like I kept that's where I wanted to have my birthday party, you know, <laughs> and my parents were like, no, we're not going. We're not having it. <laughs> And I'm sure it's a matter of it's expensive, you know, it is, it's not affordable by any means, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and I'm sure it's a matter of like, they were like, no, we can't afford that, but they didn't want to say that it was just, no, we can't do it, you know? And then, but like, I think it was when I turned 16, my dad was like, how'd you like to do medieval times for your birthday this year? And he, he was so excited about it. And I was 16. (laughs) So it was kind of an asshole. Yeah. And I, and I was, and I'm sure it was like, he's finally at a position, like he, he, he can afford to take me and my friends to medieval times for my birthday. And I was like, no, dude, I don't, I'm not 12 anymore. I don't want to go to medieval times. And like, I, I sometimes to this day think about like how much of a dick I must like, like how excited my dad must have been to finally be at a point where like, I can take you to do this thing that you always wanted to do. And then me, me be that 16 year old kid, like, no, what the fuck dad? (laughs) And, And so like, I didn't end up going to medieval times until like we, we took the boy there for, for a couple of things. Like we took him for his birthday. We took him for his graduation from, from eighth grade and stuff. And like the first time, we went i was like oh my god this is the most fun thing ever why was i such an asshole when i was 16 this would have been the best yeah you know i mean it's never mind the show the show is entertaining yeah the food but the food is tasty yeah the food is really good i was like holy yeah. cow this food is not bad this is actually pretty good i'd come here just for the food you know yeah. <laughs> really have you never seen jesus no there's uh dude i've told this story before but like when i was in college you know sometimes i get out late or i'd be hanging out with my friends real late downtown or whatever and if you got on the bus at the right time around midnight you take the last 60 blue island bus going towards little village you would see jesus jesus in white robes cross and everything would get on the bus with you what yes and I was always happy to see Jesus. 
Because when I see Jesus on the bus, I knew nothing was going to happen to my ass. Because <laughs> she's riding the bus with you. Jesus is on the bus. Jesus lived in Pilsen. When, for whatever reason, he would go up and down all the way. He's the, the same guy that was La Sombra. No, no, it's not. This is a completely different, different guy. guy. Completely different guy. <laughs> Just as wacky. But Jesus would get on the fucking bus. And, dude, I don't know how many times I've been on the bus and, like, creepy people come on the bus and I'm afraid, like, shit, gonna go, shit was going to go down and stuff. And I would just sit there nervous. And then Jesus would get on the bus. But if Jesus was on the bus, nobody was going to do shit. I just, I don't know why. But the fact that there was a dude dressed like Jesus on the bus kept that Is bus he going. still around? I have no idea. But the last time I saw him. I kid you not. Last time I saw that dude, he was like coming out of the ground in one of the houses in Pilsen. He had like a basement apartment and he was just kind of rising out of the ground with his cross. With his cross. He carried a full fledged cross, dude. He like dragged this cross around, oh, man. Yeah. He had sandals and everything. He had Jesus shoes. He had Jesus shoes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, dude. And, and it was like, I mean, I mean, that bus, people who rode that bus, they know that bus can be rough sometimes. But if Jesus was on there with you, yeah. shit happening. For 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 reference, for anybody who's not been a longtime listener and listened to all the back episodes of this. That's what my dad used to call sandals. He called sandals Jesus shoes. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. I love that. I love that. You had a great story with Jesus. <laughs> There's no story. That's the whole story. Yeah, that's the whole story. My, this what my dad called sandals. But it was it was a weird thing. I don't know what made me crack up. You told this silly story once, and I almost I laughed so hard. Maybe it was just like such a rough day at work or something but you and i would take lunch all the time <laughs> yeah yeah and you told this silly story where like this teacher you called jesus shoes <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's right yeah. you called this teacher jesus shoes to me he didn't even have a name he was just jesus shoes <laughs> and, and apparently, <laughs> apparently some asshole in your class blamed you for something and then he, they played it off like it was you but i you told it in such a way that it just cracked me up dude and <laughs> Oh, dude, it's just, but I mean, I love, I don't, I don't remember this story, but I wish I did. I, it was something like, uh, I can't remember what the dude, the dude, the dude behind you said something stupid. And then he turned around to you and he said, I can't believe you said that. <laughs> you suck. And then Jesus, you was mad at you. <laughs> <laughs> You got to throw it with Jesus shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, so um, all this talk of Jesus shoes and, and Jesus walking around Chicago and riding the bus with his cross. Does it, it reminds me. And I think is another thing that we've talked about on other episodes. You know, it's it, it, not funny. It's not funny, but like I, I will say, I went through. Did you go to Catholic schools? Yep. Yeah, I did too. And uh, it's it's funny. So, like most, uh, I will say, most probably people who go to Catholic schools. As I became an adult, like I did not practice, and then I went through a phase there where, like, I was having a bit of a rough go of it for a while 
And like almost out of desperation, I was like, I need something. And so I kind of started going back to church and I got a little something out of it. And then after doing that for a while, I got back to a point where I'm like, God, I, I actually don't believe any of this stuff. You know, like I can see where, where I was, you know, you draw a little bit from the community of it. You know, you, 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 you draw a little bit of strength of having something to lean on, you know? But, but like at this point in my life, like I am as confirmed atheist as, as you can be, mm. you know, but I got at, like, I went through this phase where I kind of was reconnecting with, with being Catholic and kind of going through the motions and getting more into it and, and relearning about it. And in going through the process of that, what I learned was the absolute worst place to learn about being Catholic is Catholic schools. And the absolute worst place to learn about the faith and what the faith means is the Catholic church. And if you, and if you, you, you learn about it, like from an outside perspective, uh, you know, like you, you get your own like textbooks and you start reading about it. All of a sudden you learn things like, I never knew that. That makes so much more sense than the way it was taught to me. I can act there as crazy as it sounds like there's rationale behind a lot of the things that the Catholic church teaches and believes. But if you go to Catholic schools, you don't learn any of that rationale. You just learn, these are the rules. And if you don't do it this way, you're going to go to hell. You know, do you, re- I don't know if you were ever taught this. Do you remember uh, like for your first communion, you go through special classes to learn about what this Eucharist is and how it's actually the body and blood of Jesus, you know, and, and one of the things that we were taught in in my school when I was going through the first communion prep, if you put the wafer in your mouth, you have to let it just dissolve on your tongue. If you chew it, the blood of Christ will spray out into your mouth. <laughs> That's what like they, they were like, you can't, you can't chew it. You just, you have to just let it dissolve in your mouth. Otherwise your mouth will be full of blood. <laughs> like this is not a good way to teach this stuff, you know? Oh, dude, you see, like, the, I, I remember, like, because, uh, I mean, I went to I went to grammar school in the 80s, right? So, um, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, but, like, back then, you know, teaching was a little different. You know, we had yeah, for sure. It was, it was all about fear. Yeah, lots of fear. Lots fear, of fear, fear, fear and authority. And, yeah, there was a lot of that. And so, yeah, we had we had nuns that hit us. Mm. You know, there was there was there was a couple of nuns that that were kind of mean. We had mm-hmm. a couple of teachers that would yell at us abusively. Yeah, you know, For sure. It, it was a different age, you know. Yeah. But we were just, you know, we were fucking kids. You know, we yeah. just shook it off and didn't care. You know. Yeah, I I will say, it wasn't until I started going to public school. So I went to Catholic schools up through fifth grade, mm. and then we moved. And where we moved, there wasn't a Catholic school. So I went to public school for sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. And then I went back into Catholic schools for high school, Mm, right? 
it wasn't until I started going to public school that I had teachers that actually encouraged me mm. as opposed to teachers who were just like, this is the way it is done. You will do it this way. Don't, don't do it. You know, it was like the Catholic school experience was all about authority. Yeah. And they're like, I don't legitimately, I, I don't remember getting like encouraged in a positive way. I just remember a lot of negative reinforcement, a lot of not, not so much do it this way uh, or, or, or this is how you enjoy it. This is how you engage with it. There was a lot more of, of you will do it this way or you will be punished. Jesus you know? Christ. That's too bad, man. I had no idea. I would I would have gone to public school. Yeah. But I, I'm assuming your experience was the same. Yeah. I was afraid the whole time. Yeah. Afraid yeah. the whole time. But it was just like every day. Did Dude, you have to wear? Did you have to wear the uniform? I had a. I you had have to a, wear the the light blue light blue shirt, navy blue pants. That's exactly what we wore. That's yep, light blue shirt, navy blue pants. Yeah, dude. Like, um, yeah, it was. There was a lot of fear, but there was a lot of stuff going on too. There was gangbangers. There was bullies. There was uh, trying to not get girls pregnant. There was AIDS. There was. All that shit, you know, oh, yeah, like, like you know, uh, spanking from uh, from some nun at a school. Uh, it's on the list, but not super high on the list. We were really afraid of all these other things first, yeah, because I mean, that yeah. happened. it happened too. It happened. Well, and that was that's also the context of the time that we grew up. Like it was, it was seriously like our sex education in school. And again, that's something that I didn't get until I went to public school, right? But sex education for people of our era was if you have sex, you're going to get AIDS and die. <laughs> that's, you know, that's kind of how they did it. Yeah. Bit. I mean, but that's, that's the context of the time because AIDS was terrifying, but you gotta, I mean, it still is terrifying. Let's not like, I don't want to minimize it. It still is terrifying, but it was this out of control, mysterious thing that, was taking the world by storm. Yeah. And that's just it. Like it was mysterious. And especially when it first came out, there was a lot of misinformation, right? Yeah. Uh, just like there is with COVID, you know, it's, it's not dissimilar in that respect, but except the, the for sure thing about AIDS, at least when we grew up, you got AIDS. It was a death sentence. Yeah, you it were, was, it truly you, was. You were, you were going to die. There was no question. Yeah. You got it. You're dying. Yeah. It's just a matter of when. And usually it was pretty fast. Yeah. In those days it was. Yeah. Not, not yeah. anymore, but I mean. Well, I mean, depending on depending on where you live in the world. Yeah. I mean, AIDS is, is still a death sentence in a lot of the world. Here, it's, it's relatively treatable. I mean, it's still not good news, you know, but it's not the death sentence that it once was. So, like, who was it? Was it Magic Johnson who got AIDS? Yeah. Yeah, that well, he got he got HIV. Okay, he got HIV. He didn't get AIDS. Yeah, so there's a difference. But um, but yeah, he he lives with it. Yeah, like what the fuck? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like when he got it, we're like, oh shit, Magic's gonna die. I, I mean, there's some argument to be made that when he got it, and famous people started dying of it, you know, well, that's when all of a sudden it started getting taken seriously. 
mm. and money started rolling in to to research it and and figure out how to treat it and hopefully cure it at some point but just just like anything else it wasn't until it started hitting famous people that that the world started taking it seriously and it was weird how because he was he got it at like the right i shouldn't say at the right time but like if you were going to get aids he got it right when people were trying to figure where had started figuring it out and he was getting he he was lucky enough to well, get the medicine he needed, and he had and the money for yeah, it. Yeah, he he had the money to have access to the the latest and greatest care. Yeah, boy, this whole episode is going to be shorties. <laughs> yeah, this, I might this, actually use a couple of them for 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 a couple like, of releases during the we, week. We have spent probably fifteen minutes talking about superstitions. Maybe maybe the 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 whole. The superstition part will be shorties. <laughs> the superstition part is going to be a shorty. And then the rest of it is just going to be like, we talk about shit on this episode. Uh, you know. Yeah. But dude, like, I mean, I don't want to, I want to keep riffing on the whole like Catholic school thing, but man, dude, that was, that was that whole experience. Grammar school just in general was rough. Yeah. You know, like for yeah. me, I mean, I grew up in the city. It was rough. I mean, like I said, there was gangs, there was drugs, there was people getting shot. There was, mm-hmm. you know, there was there was AIDS. It's almost well, uh, when we moved out of the city and, you know, the, the city was a definite when we grew up. Chicago was a different place. Not that Chicago is like wonderful now. Well, Chicago is actually is a wonderful city. Let's I'm not going to split hairs. It's a it's a cool place. But it's for all of the news that you hear about crime and shootings in Chicago, it's it's a much more livable place now than it was when we were kids. And, you know, like I, I grew up on the north side and in my neighborhood uh, and, and people think of like Chicago in terms of this dichotomy of the north side is 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 relatively safe and the south and west sides are not you know but when we were kids that was still to some degree true but it wasn't like the north side is the the whole north side is this safe place like there were plenty of pockets like cabrini green is on the north side you know like the and the neighborhoods that i lived in uh, like they weren't particularly bad or anything but you know like so one of the neighborhoods that we lived in the last neighborhood that we lived in in the city before we moved out to the burbs was logan square well now logan square is kind of like the hip and cool like hipster gentrified kind of area you know back then well neighborhoods that get gentrified get gentrified for a reason you know they they get gentrified because they're scary and they're cheap because they're scary. Exactly. And and they get gentrified because people move in to take advantage of the cheap rent. And then, you know, based on some, some of that, like they kind of elevate it, you know, uh, I'm making gentrification sound good. That's not my intent. Like gentrification can be a very, very horrible thing. Well, I know? mean, and it depends just, but, who you are when it comes to gentrification. Yeah, like if you're yeah. a guy who's been, who's been sitting on the house, whether you're you know, Latin, black, yeah. white, whatever. You've been sitting in this house in this in this neighborhood that's been, you know, devalued, you know, yeah. because of all the crime. 
now it's getting gentrified. You've been sitting on this house. Now's your chance to sell. Well, so now, now you, now you, the, yeah. broke guy, the broke common guy get to make some money. Right. That that means like, I don't want to get into a, a philosophical discussion about, I don't want to either, but I'm just saying but, it's, it's people but like people, people, I, you know, I'm not on any side on gentrification, but just yeah. the 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 only thing I'm bringing up is is that Logan Square now, like Logan Square and Wicker Park, are both areas that have been significantly gentrified. When we were kids, North Side, South Side, kind of wasn't as big of a a difference in terms of where is and is not safe. And so, like Logan Square and and Wicker Park, and these are neighborhoods that we lived in, like they were not particularly safe at the time. And like one of the reasons we moved out, my parents finally were like, we've had enough of this. The house we were living in, in Logan square got broken into twice while we were in the house. Jesus Christ. And, and so it's the kind of thing where like we, we were like, well, my parents were like, we can fucking move to Norwich and not have this problem. You know? And then, so, so that's like, we moved out of the city at that point, but uh, like, again, like it, it comes, like the city's a different place now than what it was. And yes, there are still definitely like, there are bad neighborhoods, they're safe neighborhoods, but it, that map of, of what's safe and what's not was very, very different 30 years ago. Yeah. You know, I don't even know what, like some of the neighborhoods I was in before, I don't even know what it's like now. I haven't been there in quite a while. Mm-hmm. But like, uh, I mean, you and I have gone to Little Village a while back. Yeah. And-, and and like, I'll say from my perspective, I didn't feel unsafe there, but I definitely felt like me here alone as a white guy, I would stand out like a sore thumb, eh. you know? I don't think you see like that's the funny thing. That's all in your head. I'm sure it is. Because like I see white people all the time. And and you know, and this is this is at least my personal like you know uh perspective. I see a white person or a black person or an Asian person in a Latin neighborhood, I'll be like, oh, look at that. And then I go back to eating my taco or whatever the fuck I'm doing there. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I don't think really you thinking that you stick out. Not a big deal because I do that. I'm and, like, oh, look at that guy. He's wearing a sombrero. And then I go and, back to like, eating my taco. Like, it's yeah. not like it It takes. And, and this is part of growing up as a city kid. You know, mm-hmm. it takes a very, very scary neighborhood to make the hair on the back of my neck stand up, you know, like and like, just be honest. There, there are neighborhoods that are scary and it doesn't it doesn't matter if you're a white guy or or whatever you know it's a scary neighborhood yeah nobody wants nobody wants to be there not even the people who live there want to be there yeah you know? uh it, it and you can just feel it you know uh but like you know like i, I didn't feel any kind of like in in little village like i don't i didn't feel any kind of like sense of anxiety or anything it was just like this very clearly that neighborhood yeah and it, it, we went during a you know during during the day mm-hmm. and i i forgot when what day we went but it was like you know relatively chill yeah you know it like, was a great 
great experience. Yeah, there was like there was hardly any people out. You know, there mm-hmm. were a few people out, and it's just like it wasn't a big deal. And fantastic birria. Oh, God. dude, I, we're, this is this is just one giant tangent of a show. Yeah, but like there's there's a place by here. I finally found a decent place, and they have birria tacos with the sauce. Oh, so you could dip it in, and they, they they're, they're like I I have not gone on a birria search in milwaukee yet but i have found a place that has al pastor that will blow your mind dude dude i gotta go up there yeah i gotta go up there sometime with you and and have some tacos i'll take fucking uh cousin primo with me yeah we'll get the milwaukee taco experience there you go dude (laughs) there's some there's some good tacos up here man yeah yeah Dude, I mean, it can't it can't all just be Ch- Chicago, right? Like, there's got to be other cities that have good food. Yeah, yeah, Milwaukee's one of them. The music you're listening to is titled "Nieto" by Azúcares, and you can find that over at Epidemic Sound. Now, Epidemic Sound is a service that provides royalty-free music for a low monthly cost. They have everything from hip-hop to Latin to everything you can think about. So make sure you check them out. And if you do, use my referral link in the description so that they know that I sent you. There you go. That's our second shorty. I hope you dug it. Now, don't forget to follow me, Edgar Otraves, under the name Edgar Otraves on Instagram. And don't forget to follow the show on Instagram under the name The Flow Roll. And don't forget to follow Not My Cousin Dan under the name Dantastic Sizzler. And make sure you check out his blog. I got a link for it in the description. And uh, also, I want to ask for a favor. Make sure you like, subscribe, comment, and share wherever you get your podcast at. And press all the buttons that make the podcast gods happy. Thank you so much for listening. This is Ergo Traves. We will catch you next time. Behave yourselves. Laters. Laters.